All right, man, here it is. You've lost that reno feeling. <laughs> Whoa, that reno feeling. You've lost that, that reno feeling. Now it's, it's gone. 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 Whoa, whoa, whoa. I love it. That was yes. a great one, man. I get down on my knees for you. All I want is to get paid for the things we do. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Make darling, the whole show like this. Darling, Give us the whole tune, man. Darling, don't take my check away. Hey, oh yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing that's gonna keep me here for the day. <laughs> Why that's my I song, have, brother. That <laughs> was amazing. That was Jim Carrick, man. Why do I have a funny feeling he didn't even like practice that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so, man. Jim, thank you very much for being on the show. We really appreciate. It. We are Thank in you. the Carrick Hall offices. We've got a jam-packed show going on here. Carlito! Manny! <laughs> We've got a very interesting show. So I want to actually begin with a little bit of a, a historical fact. All right. Can Jim, because I know you've been in the business for about a week or two. Yeah, yeah, a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to date. We'll get into that. Can you give me an idea what the early homes were called, what they were called? I'm talking 1800s. Oh, geez. Any idea what those homes were called? Shacks. <laughs> <laughs> they were called wattle and daub homes. They were made from wooden frames and were filled with sticks and uh, made from mud and clay and grass. Just like my grandma's and my grandpa's out in um, northern Manitoba. Yeah. They were the true pioneers, man. So that's how they used to build them over 200 years ago. And yeah. then we had the British settlers come in, and all of a sudden they start bringing in the diamond pane windows. They started doing the enormous stone chimneys because they were using the chimneys quite a bit. Then you had the Germans. You had yeah. the Germans come in in the 1700s, and they started making thick walls and exposed timber. Yeah, hand-hewn beams, that's it, and clay tile. Was oh, first introduced. Don't forget about the skylights from the Italians. <laughs> no, that's, that's a different story. But then, then we had the Spanish. The Spanish came in and they brought the stucco and they started doing all that Caribbean kind of vibe. The French came in and they started focusing on Louisiana. And of course, they started doing a mix of European ideas. So that's all two, three hundred years. There's one thing you're leaving in. What's, I, you know, what's that? Portugal needs to be Here in this one. Here we go. And the Portuguese were covering their couches in sheepskin. <laughs> not the plastic of today. Not the plastic of today, right? Yeah. So, Jim, you'll probably notice there'll be a few Portuguese and creation jokes, right? Yeah, no, hey. We'll, we'll get to your background eventually. Um, but, okay, so quick shout out to uh, Instagram, at Jim Carrick on Instagram. Yep. And then at Carrick Hall. On Instagram. On Instagram and also on Facebook? Or, and I, no, I don't know. No, probably. But, you know, we'll look, get into that. That's part look, of my, my question. I'm too old for that shit. No, you, got, you can never be too old for that shit. Uh, and then the website is www.carrickhall.com. Yeah. Perfect. So we are in your lovely boardroom here at the... Yeah, one month old. One month old. It's brand new. Yeah. Brand spanking new. Just moved new. in. Uh, jet. Well, I'm ready to move in. Months. That's it. It still has that new car smell. It does. It does. It's funny yeah. you say that. This used to be an auto body shop. <laughs> <laughs> Was it really? So the bays were right here? Just at the back. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. funny. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, yeah. so let's 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 get right into it, Jim. So tell us uh, what decade did you start in construction? What decade? Well, let's say I finished uh, school in '73. Seventy-three. Yeah, nineteen. Nineteen seventy-three. That's right. And then I was um, hired on by Local Thirty, right out of this, right out of school. I took sheet metal, HVAC, whatever you want to call it. For fifteen years, I did that. So I, you know, got to work on which we called the uh, first Canadian place way back in the day, which is BMO Tower. So I was in charge of coordinating as an apprentice coordinating all the um all the ductwork going to the 72 floors from the shop so i was a shop man almost 50 years crazy eh you got a few stories to share a few man a few, <laughs> a few. where do we three, where do we three recessions <laughs> no still shit. here wow eh? yeah so where do we begin where do you want to begin carlito well it's kind of impressive that you started in the union that's, so yeah, so because really it was the big thing back then, right? I mean, the union actually, I had a job before I even finished school. They came and they looked at the guys in the trade and they kind of pick and choose who they wanted. It was, it was, you know, it was big back then, right? Everybody wanted to be a tradesman. Not like, you know, as soon as the eighties hit, nobody wanted to be a tradesman anymore. Everybody wanted to be in all the computer shit. It was a, it was a great 15 years, but you know, I just got, um, started to get got bored I wanted to do you know stuff on my own I was good with my hands I wanted just didn't want to bang tin and put all that shit up all day long just started doing small stuff you know then you know decks fences all that shit and then just I was really good with aluminum because of the metal so long story short we got laid off early 80s for a couple months and my buddy did home improvements he actually, we used to go to the Fish Joy where Mike's... No way, Uncle Unc- Billy. Uncle Billy. So I knew Uncle Billy long before I knew Mike. Wow. In the 80s. Oh, wow. And I used to go to Fish Joy myself. So we'd wow. go there first thing in the morning, like at 7, and we'd have breakfast, have fish and eggs, right? And uh, so anyways, I worked with this guy, Sean. Billy would know Sean uh, Dickey. And um, that sounds so familiar. <laughs> I may even know him. And his and his um, his brother Luke, you might know them. They were on the show before you, <laughs> <laughs> weren't they? Um, he, they might have been because they weren't on when I. Jim's was there. getting ahead of me on this because obviously that's on my list of questions. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, long story yeah. short, Sean goes, "Hey Jim, could you come? You know, come with me, and uh, I'm going to put in some windows." So he put me on the handbrake, and I was, you know, I could go like a million miles an hour he goes holy shit he said i didn't know you were that good and then we just <laughs> i said it's just aluminum man right <laughs> so he says i'll give you 40 percent of everything we make per day so one day it was one o'clock he hands me 600 bucks this is in the 80s man wow wow you're not and, even getting and that i now. go this is it he goes yeah you still you got your boat right i go yeah he says let's go out in the boat i said dude why don't we work all day and make more money right <laughs> so then i realized okay you know what there's some good dough in this after about a year or so i started doing my own thing then one thing led to another i got approached by a big window company in montreal to do all their installations packed it in and away i went i have a funny feeling this is gonna be a good story Th- this is really important for me for me in the podcast we're always trying to like educate people on saving money or having a pension so you did 15 years, so you have a full pension right now. No. You cashed it in? Yeah. 
Oh, yes. Because, so you reinvested it. You, yes. You were at yeah. an age where you cashed it in. Yeah. So you, you get what you put in, right? Yeah. So back then, it wasn't much. I mean, it was like six grand. So you got to remember, I started out at, so you get 50% of the journeyman's wage. 73, what do you think the journeyman's wage was? No idea. Guess. I don't know. Take a shot. Uh, 10. <laughs> no? No. Less? Yep. yep. No. It was five eighty no. an oh hour. Oh, my God. I Are you got, kidding yeah. me? No. I was started off at two ninety an hour. Wow. 1973, $2.90 an hour? That was it, yeah. $2.90 Canadian dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I made 86 bucks a week. Let's just put that into perspective. Perspective for today. Yeah. So I guess, what's the journeyman make you today? 40 probably. Yeah, 40, 40, 40 start yeah. at high risk. 50 years and 40? The journeyman took home one, between 180 and 190. Wow. Wow. Crazy, eh? That is, that's insane. And you 37 were only- and a half hours a week. We were finished at one o'clock every day on Friday. But you had the math right. You were doing it under 40 hours. Like today, you can't do that anymore. No. Not unless you have a successful business, right? Yeah. No pension, but you cashed it in and reinvested. Did you do well in that? Yeah, you know what? I've done okay. I mean, you know, the stock market's not my thing. You know, never has been. I tried a few times, lost my shirt. So I just said, you know what? Who hasn't? I get to stick to what I know best. Yeah. And, you know, just doing the homes and stuff has been my, has been my thing. Here's the story how when it what actually when I finally left. So after three months of working with Sean and all that, I came back to work and then da, 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 da. then I ended up getting married and I had our first kid um, in eighty. When was Haley born? Eighty five. <laughs> eighty six. <laughs> Haley was born in eighty six. So she was born with a hip dysplasia, dislocated, whatever. What that means is if we did nothing for her, she would probably be in a wheelchair today and wouldn't be walking. So what All they way. did, at six months old, they realized this, so they put her in a full body cast from her chest down to her ankles. And she was it was like this for, she didn't learn to walk until almost a year and a half. My wife and I had, had to you know flip her over every three, four hours so she wouldn't get bed sores. Being that I'm working like the brake, which is a huge machine, I went into my, you know, my boss and I said, look, man, I'm coming in with four hours sleep. Either I'm gonna take my fingers off or I'm gonna take somebody else's off. So I said, do you mind if I come in a little later and I'll stay a little later? So my top boss, Heinz, he was great. He goes, yeah, no problem. But the foreman, Klaus didn't really, Germans. didn't really, didn't really, <laughs> didn't really like me that much. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so anyways, this goes on for, you know, six, seven months until Haley finally got out of the, got out of the, the body cast. So I got, you know, I'm not going to lie. I kind of milked it a little bit because I already had hired somebody and they were working well. I was working. And then when I finished at four o'clock or three thirty, whenever I finished and I'd go and work with these guys until the sun went down. So one day Klaus started on me. 
screaming and yelling at me, oh, you don't do this, you don't do that. And fuck, I just said, you know what, fuck this, I'm out. All right, so I walked out. And <laughs> this, this is what an apprentice, well, I was, was I an apprentice then? No, I wasn't an apprentice, it was a full journey. But this is what it was like back in that day of being an apprentice or being anything and dealing with Germans, right? And, uh, <laughs> no, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, this show's you know, brought to you by the German Tourism Council, right? And I mean, you know, I mean, I got, I got pissed off, and I, and I don't, you know, and, and I hope when people are listening to this, that, you know, I don't take this, you know, I'm just telling you how it went down, and I don't mean any racism <laughs> no, no, or anything no, by no, it, right? No, no. We but one everybody. day, one day, you know, Klaus is screaming and yelling at me, and you know, I gotta do this, and you, know, and there was a mezzanine on top. And he'd walk across back and forth in the mezzanine, looking down into the shop. And we have like, you know, 50 guys in the shop. And he'd be looking down. I go, what the fuck is this, right? Finally, I, I just lost it. I said, what the hell is your problem, man? It's this, you know, you're not running a goddamn concentration camp, oh. you know, <laughs> right? This is, what is this? Stalock 13? You have to walk on the wall? I said, Jesus, this is bullshit. <laughs> so anyways, he's just yelling and screaming. I said, I'm out. I'm gone. I leave, right? So I pack up and I leave. This is about noon. And I get a call from the main boss, Hines. He calls me up about nine o'clock. And he goes, uh, Jim, you walked off the job today. I said, yeah. Hey, look, man, I've been here 15 years. I, can't. I said, I can't take this shit anymore. I'm done. I don't need to listen to him. I produce more than anybody in this place. He goes, no, you're right. I, you do. I said, well, then why should I put up with this shit? He goes, well, this is insubordination. I said, what? He goes, this is insubordination. I said, dude, I walked off the job. I said, where does insubordination come from? <laughs> We're on the phone till midnight for three hours. And he goes, I have to fire you. I said, okay, do what you got to do. I did what I had to do. You do what you have to do. And he goes, well, okay. So at the end of the three hours, I goes, my fired or what am I? I said, I'm getting mixed emotions here. Like what's happening? And he goes, okay, can you come in tomorrow? I said, okay, what time? He goes, well, you know, come in around nine. I said, all right. I said, do I wear work clothes or, you know, regular clothes? No, no, come with your work clothes. It's all right, fair enough. So, you know, I go, go into the office, and there's another buddy of mine, Jim. And <laughs> just so happens, like, we're both, we both go through the same shit. And he's got Klaus in the office. I'm like, oh, Christ, here, what's going on now, right? So anyways, Heinz, Heinz is supervisor, Klaus is foreman. Heinz looks at foreman and goes, don't ever bother these two again. Oh, wow. He says, these guys work their ass off, and they outproduce everybody in this place. You know, I was kind of labeled back then as Heinz golden boy. Like, mm -hmm. that's what you're called when you're... You know, you're an apprentice or something, right? So anyways, that's how it went. And that lasted for about a week. And that's when I got offered the the job uh, installing all the windows. Didn't even bother going in one day. Walked in around noon. And so when was that? I was probably, 
in the 80s. So cowboy boots were in then. <laughs> so I had my armadillo boots on with the brass wow. toes. Walked right through the shop. Right? I could see the tumbleweed right now, man. <laughs> Walked right through the shop, right past Klaus, into the office. Heinz leans back in his chair and he goes, today's the day, right? And I go, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> and he goes... Good for you. He goes, if I were you, I would go. He says, you got, you got so much more to give. He says, off you go. This job's here for you. Anytime you're ready to go. I said, thanks. What was that? Six months, six months after that, economy took a, a dive. Dive. Principal heating is where I worked. Closed the doors. They were gone. Had nowhere to go. Wow. Other than just make it happen. Married, kid. Quit my job, got a mortgage. The, oh, sorry. Married kid, got a mortgage. Then I quit my job. <laughs> Not the brightest guy in the world. Right? <laughs> Recession. But you know what? Right. But it makes you hungry. Makes you hungry. Work right? hard. Yeah. Right? Makes you hungry. Makes you go after it. Makes you figure things out. New directions. Totally, man. Like you, you have to do it. You have no choice. And this is... I mean, I might be getting off talk, topic here, but no, this is great. This was brought up. This was brought up to um, this is one of my carpenters. He, he's about 58 and he mentioned this. He says, ah, you know, I had a, he's a sub. He goes, I have a hard time hanging on to younger carpenters. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. He says, you know what? They just get up and they'll, they'll leave for a buck more an hour or they'll this jump. And that. They will jump. And I said, what do you think is, what, what's, why do you think this is? He goes, you know what? They have not been through a recession or anything yet. They don't know what it's like. And you know what? It's a, it's a very valid point. He's right. You know, I mean, we had a little, what blip in 07 and that no, was that more, was, that, that was, was more in the financial world. Yeah. That was nothing compared like, to what's going on right now. Uh, well then, yeah. I mean, what's going on right now is whole another game, right? I want to get back to, because uh, you brought us up to the mid-80s, late-80s. <laughs> so eventually I want to get to the you 90s. You want to get to the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into the 90s. But yeah, I, you bring up a really good point. So I want to briefly talk about what's going on in the current climate, the world, and the whole... A lot of union guys, a lot of commercial guys are staying on the job site. They're not staying the six-foot distance from each other. They're being, I don't, for lack of a better word, forced to continue working. But there are, they are scared. They are union guys. They are scared about bringing it home, bringing it home to their families. Look at, you know what? I mean, I've said this a million times that even in the best of times, when we didn't have any of this going on, what do you got? Five, six, or five or six, uh, you know, portable toilets, and you got a hundred guys. Come on, yeah. And they're not always kept clean. Work, they're not. They're, right? they're, it's it's brutal. No, it's brutal. No, I think I think it's. I mean, they have to do something. I mean, yeah, we're we're smaller, and I don't even know if 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 we're doing it right. I mean, I'm allowing a trade per house to go in, and we keep everybody. And you heard me earlier. I was you know trying to maneuver everybody so that nobody is crawling on themselves, right? And now that's, you know, five people, you know, we're trying to keep it down to four, but, you know, you keep some upstairs, some down. Well, just so you know, we weren't eavesdropping because we were enjoying your decor here at the office. <laughs> <laughs> we were having so much fun talking about your place that we didn't even hear what you said. Right. <laughs> but going back to you, Manny, just so you know, I know a lot of guys in the union, no one has to work. They, they don't. all no. have the right to go home. Yeah. 
I want you to yeah. know that guys are between six and eight feet apart from each other. And anyone sick or even with a drippy nose or even a, 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 a smoker's cough are off the job site. So it's very, very clean. And you know what? We got we to gotta really do a shout out for these guys. These guys are keeping our hydro going, our water Listen, running. The essentials, I totally agree with you. But the problem is that in any pandemic that goes on in this situation, you have to stop the spread. Canada's numbers haven't returned. Like they haven't you know, reduce. They, I think, they keep I think on growing. To, I think we need to get rid of dog parks. Dog parks. <laughs> dog parks. Dog parks have nothing. The dogs are everyone's mingling. No, no. Everyone's staying. I, I, I guess my point is that not until you see these numbers drop or they flat out and then there's no more new cases, that's when we start continue going our way. But I think realistically in the next four or five months, this is going to still be the norm. I mean, we this all three of us have been to grocery unless, stores. Unless, unless, you know, Ford and Trudeau just say, that's it. Shut it down. They won't. How can they? They can't. You know, and then sure, all this stuff that they're they're offering, you know, the 75% of this, you know, you can get a loan and everything else. Every day it changes again. Yeah. It now does. it's now you gotta be, you know, lose 30% of your business before they'll think of giving you that. Yeah, you know, look, when you're in your own your own business. Dude, you got to fend for yourself. It's scary. What you got to do is exactly what happened to you. And you're right about what your foreman was saying. These guys haven't experienced this yet. No. They haven't uh, had their feet to the fire yet. And now they're actually having it for the very first time. It's going to be interesting when it all goes back to normal towards the end of this year and early next year to see the impact on the construction industry. Because you're right. I, I feel the same way. And we've had guys shut out millennials asking us to be a little easier on them. You know what I mean? Because we they, we've got our opinions hey, about them. We're easy on the good guys, yes, and the guys that deserve it deserve it. I completely agree with that, right? It, it's just I think that they need to step up. They need to realize that we couldn't keep on going the way we were going, and hopefully, we won't get a huge percentage of the force, the labor force, leaving the entire industry. I really hope I, that doesn't I happen. Don't, I don't think we're going to have that happen. I think you're going to see companies fold. Yeah. You're going to see some of your competition not around anymore. I mean, that was that was one thing when it happened, 89, 90, 91. I mean, I hung on and, you know, I was lucky. I, I had a, my brother-in-law was, um, you know, he was the president. He started YTV, actually. Wow. And, um, oh, yeah, you were telling me that. I remember this. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, it's a good story. Um, and it was during the time, and he he phoned he, he phoned uh, he phoned my wife, which was obviously his sister, and said, you know, how's 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 Jim how's Jimmy doing, right? And she goes, he's he's not doing great. There's not a whole lot for him to do. And he said, oh, I'd send him down. I can probably get him to build me a few offices or something. So I end up going down, and he says, Can you build me a boardroom? I said, Sure. He says, Can you build me a cafeteria? Sure. And this is five years after YTV is opened and Dalton engineering, which is huge. They built the original one. And then he says, what about a studio? <laughs> and I said, sure. <laughs> and, um, so I called my buddy who was an acoustic engineer, got a hold of an architect who was a friend of mine. And we, I had no idea what it was doing at all. And we came up with this brilliant idea had all the the boards you know with all the carpet how's everything gonna look and, and all the costs of everything else had to present it to the whole board we ended up getting this thing and way we went we built, built it built it this was the 90s this was about 90 
92-ish, 91, 92, because they started out doing some small stuff. That was a good year. I bought my first Saturn SL2 then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was dent, dent resistant. There you go. Yeah, that was all plastic. Yeah. Sorry, I had but, to drop. But, that, but, then, but then that, as I, as I mentioned before, it, then that led to Life Network, you know, when it, when it first came out, because they took over the old TSN building and said, oh, yeah, get Carrick to do it. He done it than this, so I did that. Toronto Film Festival moved to Carleton, and I ended up doing 15,000 square feet, built them a theater for, you know, 35-seat wow. theater. By then, Neil and I, who was working with me at the time, then we, you know, we got into Side and we were at a great run in Side during the 90s. And then when the show started, just before the show started, I got tied in with Long and McQuaid, and they, uh, they said, you know, could you redo our store or there was a store beside it can you do this and I said yeah sure so you know we ended up pricing it then they came back with penalty clauses of four thousand dollars a day oh the commercial world right and I go no sorry man I'm out and they go well we you we gotta have penalty clauses I said look here's a three hundred thousand dollar job that is going to turn into a six hundred thousand dollar job I said because it can't be done in the time you want it done. Anybody that takes it is going to price it with all the penalties in it because there's no one can do this in three months. Sure enough, the cheapest price was 580,000. So they come back to me a month later and said, okay, <laughs> you can do it, you can do it. So I ended up doing four of them. Did the guitar store on Blur. Oh, no wow. way. Wicked. Yeah. Did the, what do they call it? The piano percussion store, I guess, whatever. Beside that, then I renovated their original store. Then I built the store in Oshawa, 15,000 feet. Then I built the store Look at in, that, eh? in Mississauga on Mavis there. All this podcast equipment is from Long McQuaid. There you go. That's really so is my drum kit. We don't. We, we don't even. Did need you to bring it? I brought it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm just thinking, man. Like I, Carlito and I don't even need to be here. Just keep on talking, Jim. This, that's all. It is. You're already leading into everything, man. That we want to talk about. Are you? This is really interesting because I was really expecting you to be in residential this whole time, and you actually really started in commercial. commercial spent 15 yeah. years in commercial. And then you went right back into commercial. Brother, when I started first Canadian place, BMO Tower was the only tower. We would go up on the 72nd floor and have lunch. And all there was was just a, you know, I don't even know if it was four feet, maybe three, three feet high, just a steel fence around. That's what held you up. The safety, back there was then, no safety. There was nothing then. bad. <laughs> no, it was crazy. And we, you know, I worked on TD Towers. And Roy Thompson Hall. It's pretty cool. And what's really cool too is it's ironic that you worked around television this whole time. Did you ever think you were going to end up in TV? So when I was doing when I was out YTV, that they were asking me to, you know, to to do all that stuff. And but there wasn't really anything on. There were, there was a guy on. I forget what his name is. Big Italian guy, with big long hair and beard. And he would do like small little home improvement stuff. And I forget what the show was called. I remember Yannick. He was one of my favorite. And then he came yeah, out, right? Yeah, Yannick. Yeah. And uh, when when did Bob. you get into TV? Two thousand. I was doing a job for a client down on uh, Moore, 
and it was a semi-detached house. Neil and I were doing it. She wanted to build an addition. I said, well, I can't get to the back of your house to dig this addition. The only way I know of doing this is going underneath your house, going through your basement, come out the back. She goes, okay, all right, we'll do that. So I figured, okay, we'll take five, six months. It took nine months. And it was, you know, it was your typical, I wish this was on camera because it, it was your typical renovation, built this ramp from the sidewalk down, open up the basement wall, go flying in. While we're in there, she goes, you know, do you mind maybe underpinning the basement so I get a little <laughs> higher? So we said, okay, great. You know, and then we did that. And then, um, you know, then it rained and the rain, you know, the water came down the ramp, down into the basement and then turned, you know, the basement into a quagmire, just like a mud pit. And oh. then, so we got our little bobcats, the minis, they're stuck. She comes down the basement and the stairs are, we suspended the stairs so she could watch. She lost her mind and everything else. And then um, we finally got the underpinning done. And then we got to the back wall and we had to cut our way through the back wall, paw our way in to the back. And that's how we did the whole addition. Everything came from underneath. Then we could run the lumber down between the houses, two feet between the houses, right? That ended up taking nine months. We finally, you know, finished it. And she just looked at me and said, it's, is this what every renovation's like? I said, no, you were special. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she goes, you know what? I think this stuff should be documented. I'm a producer. No said, way. All right. I said, here, everybody hates our industry. They all think we're schlocks. They all think we're bandits. I said, I'll do the show on one condition. I get to say what I want to say. And the client can say whatever they want to say about me, but it goes both ways. I said, wow. this industry needs to know, you know, before you get in, just like yourself, before you get involved in something, you need to be realistic and understand what you're getting yourself into. That's how real reno started. I loved watching your show. And the, the part I really loved the most was that you were never on the show. <laughs> and I, I was doing I, the long and well, I don't I don't mean it like that, but it, it was like it hit me at home base that you he know, was being people, a GC, are, people man. are always expecting that you're gonna run one job. Like their job's the only job. Right. And I felt that when I watched that and I would see your guys working, I'd be like, that's a real guy in television. And that's the way the format was set up. Obviously different when Mike started because it was a little yeah, it was a little tighter. We had a video camera, shot like five minutes of what we think we're gonna do, and <laughs> took it to Barb Williams. And Barb goes, Sure, let's give this a shot. There was no script, man. When I got out of the truck, whatever came out of my mouth came out of my mouth, wherever where we were going. She would call me in the morning and she'd go, What job are you going to? I said, I think I'm going to this one, but then I got to go over to this one. <laughs> so it was a shit show right from the beginning. You just didn't know what was going to happen. That's why we, the format was, wasn't just one job, get it done one episode. You had to follow the show to see the end of these jobs. But, but so even more important that you had a real show was the truth sells itself. 
Yeah. And people really enjoyed it because it was the real thing. It was, there was no, like, it wasn't made up. Like, this is no. really how construction, and, you know, homeowners need to hear it. Well, you know what? And we need to hear it. If we, if we messed up, then tell me. I mean, how many times on the show did people start squawking about me? A lot. That was right? the reason why I was watching. Because I, I was, <laughs> of course, I was of watching course, it because Manny. I remember like on parts of the show where you had an irate client, neighbor, somebody, and yeah. they had to get blurred out and, you know, a Charlie Brown teacher voice. Do you know what I yeah. mean? They just had to because, and I was like going, of course that has to be the case because obviously tempers are going to be flared and things yeah. are going to have to be, and you're not going to be nice all the time about it. No. You can try to be nice in the beginning, but as soon as someone turns on the not night switch, you know, all of a sudden yeah. you can start freaking out on them. Yeah. And that's what had to be ha happen, right? So then we get that reputation. We get that contractor. But that's what I liked about Real Rentals was Real Rentals. You're not getting any more real than no, that. No, that's what yeah. it was. And that was 20 years ago. And, and I enjoyed it. And how many years did it go for? It went seven, eight? Seven seasons, yeah. Seven took seasons. two years off you, after five. You, you reminded me of Pokeroo. <laughs> I never knew when you were going to come. <laughs> I was like, well, I wonder when he's going to be that here. That was the whole shtick. Even <laughs> well, with, there's Pokeroo. Yeah. With, that, that was the whole, even with Neil, right? Like, well, I Neil, remember, yeah, yeah. I don't know where he is. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, no well, I'm doing to... the Long and McQuaid stories, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, now we know. They're good gigs. Now we yeah. know, man. <laughs> Back then, it was easier. You guys just shot a little bit of video. This is a real slice of life, and this is what goes on in contractor's life. And all of a sudden, uh, today, it's different. Yeah. Well, uh, well, can, can we can we follow can we follow through the commercial into the residential? One thing that me and Manny talk about, I always say me and Manny, it's mostly me talking. But I always, I always love that some of the most beautiful projects are they come from commercial. You going from commercial into residential? How did let's go with that? Like, how did you get into that? Residential was easy for me. It was more my thing. I love the detail. I you know. It was easy to when when you did transition. that house, the Moore house. Was that that's not your first big job, was it? No, no, no. When, when was the first house that you did? That would have been in the late eighties. Yeah, yeah. Small additions in the late small 80s. additions first. Yeah. When was the very first new house, new build or full gut? When was that? My own house, your own house, and that would have been when ninety. Oh wait a second, no, no, eighty eighty nine. Because I got yeah, I lost the house in the recession and then we moved to windermere did a little addition on there then it moved to kingsway 91 but but you did do you did do your house on the show no not the first yeah, one the, because i, I remember the first one no i remember something stuck with me for years like because i used to watch a show all the time you really were working hard and and trying to uh, become successful for your kids like that yeah. was yeah. that was the one thing i really remember and as a teenager to remember that now as an adult that's yeah. like, you know, it was like a really great Yeah, I moment. took them to school, did the whole thing, because yeah. I was a single dad, right? No, it was great. I mean, my ex and I get along fantastic, and that's what made it work. We just, you know, every other day we would turn it off, right? That was good. Do you have any idea how many homes you've done, Jim? Oh, Today? God. You stopped counting? Is it like women? Stop counting? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Manny, how many of your numbers do you have here? I'm not, no, that's not that. That's a different podcast. But I'm just trying to get an idea. Like, how many homes do you think in those years? I guess from the oh. early '90s to now. Are we getting the '20s now, or no. are we are we still staying in the '90s? <laughs> no, we're floating back and forth. We're in the DeLorean. All right, we're we're going all over the place. Uh, I guess I'm trying to figure out because now with Carrick Hall, you guys exclusively do homes, but you also do big rentals, big additions, right? 
Yeah, they had and, commercial work. And, yeah. But you still go commercial work. Yeah. But how many homes do you think? Oh, God, be a couple hundred easy. Wow. Yeah, at least. And cottages too, right? I mean, how do you like doing that? Was that, that must be scheduling. You know and- what? I'm a, I don't know. I'm a sucker for punishment. I'll do all. I like, I like a challenge. Took a challenge on building on an island. <laughs> and uh, I built three on the same island. Lost on the first two, realized on the third one. Made money. How to do it. Yeah. Wow. That's well, not too bad, though. That's not bad. Well, yeah. You know what? The life of a contractor, there's many projects that guys, like we're talking about now is a bad time in life, but most guys on Instagram and, you know, on, on medias try to pretend they're buying new tools and they got nice cars, but there's no money in the bank and there's trouble, right? Most contractors aren't making a lot of money. They're just breaking even. It's true, man. That's true. It's scary. I mean, I got a world of questions to ask, Jim. It's just, I'm trying to figure, okay. <laughs> I, I never see Manny like this. No, I just, okay. So let's just say for argument's sake, 200 homes. Yeah. 200 clients. Yeah. There's some bad apples, but there's also some good apples. Yep. And I get you, you probably have the same kind of thing that I probably get as well too. Cause I look up to you, right? I respect you for what you've done to the industry, what you're doing for the industry. Even though you get screwed over, it still drives you forward to still do another project. Always. You don't give up. And I know that there's certain guys that just said, and I've met the guys. I've met some guys when they tell me that I used to be in construction. You know, I heard about you. I saw some of the work that you did. I fascinated. I missed the work sometimes, but I left construction for the reasons for losing their shirt for financial. And not a lot of people can recover on that. How do you know when you have a good client? How do you know when you have a bad client? How do you know? Ooh, Is it good? I want to hear this. You know, the answer to that, you don't. You never know. You never know. That's what I learned. You never know. I learned in I my mean, short 11 years, a good can become bad. Yep. I've never seen a bad become good. No. But you never know. You're right. No, you never know. I mean, you all you can do is go in and, and learn. I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. You know, you, you just got to learn to protect yourself. And, you know, it means you get tougher, grow a thicker skin. Dan, my business partner, is um, tougher than I am. He holds no punches. <laughs> if, you know, if money's owed, he'll go right at him. I'm a different approach. The approach is what you see. That's, yeah. this is my voice level when I'm talking, when I'm pissed off at them. Cause I feel at the end of the day, you all got to keep a level head. I mean, you hopefully will get paid. It's the only business that you ne- pretty much negotiate every invoice you give them. Even if they've already so true. agreed on a contract price, you give them, you know, they give you a payment. And then why is it, as it comes closer to the end, you have <laughs> to start uh, renegotiating. Hey, Jimmy, come on, come on. Hey, do this for I owe for you free. five. How about four? <laughs> but you learn, you just say, piss on it. Give me the four. I'm out. And you Done. leave. And you go. Because what's the use of fighting for it? There'll be guys that want to. Okay, I'll take you to court, do this, you know, for what? Four grand, five grand? Are you nuts? It's going to cost you more just to set up a lien to do that. And people are smart now. And they know it. For them to stick you for three or four thousand, they know you're not going to come after them. That's horrible to I'm hear. I'm saying it's it's true because it the very so first horrible. the very first problem I had with a client, they owed me eleven thousand for my last payment, and they only want to pay four. 
Right. And it went back and forth, back and forth. And I had enough. And then all of a sudden I had to speak to a lawyer for the very first time in my life. The attorney just said, what do they owe? And I said, 11,000. He goes, not worth it. True. You will never, it'll cost you more. Yep. And you will never get that amount. So whatever they're offering, take it. Yep. Ended up getting 9,000 and change. I was lucky. But yeah, it's true. It's true that this is the only industry. So the best way, you know, the best way to protect yourself is just the less at the end, the better. Right. I'd like to really be even along the whole way. I never allow myself to allow them to get ahead or me. You got to be careful of this hold back thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not a hidden secret, but there are costs that we put on top as contractors for extras and freebies and things going wrong. And that's what you use at the end, right? The while you're here cost. Yeah. Like uh, how many times <laughs> know, have you since gone? Since you're here. Yeah. Every house you've gone into, how many extra doors have you put in? How many extra rooms have you painted? How many more coats have you done? Yeah. You know? But Jim, do you stop. follow up with that? Do you like, okay, they ask for something. Do you follow up and go here? Here's a, here's a change. Here's a, here's an invoice. Here's. If it's substantial, if, you know. If it's four figures. You will, but yeah. if it's under four figures, under a thousand dollars, it won't even bother. No, depending on the scope of the work. Yeah. So if it's a if, if it's a <laughs> if, it. if it's a two hundred thousand dollar job, not even worth discussing it, and that's it. But what if they bring back twelve of these? Then that's a different story. It starts. It yeah, starts to add and, up. But right? I say that to them. Yeah, say, yeah. look, what do you want? An extra five pound? Okay, it's fine. Any more than that, then we have to sit down and talk. Right? I don't like nickel and diamond. I don't like to be nickel and dime. And I'm not going to nickel and dime them either. Yeah. If you're fair, you're hoping that they're going to be the same to you. Manny said, Manny said it really well in one of our podcasts. Don't speak for me. I'm not speaking <laughs> for you. I'm, I'm just making a statement. Um, he said, you know, if we were trying to get a penis enlargement, oh. why, why are we not arguing with them about cost? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I never said that one. <laughs> But the analogy is yeah, there. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. The analogy is there for sure. It is. <laughs> wow. Where do, what do you want to? I've got a world still to ask, man. What do you want to ask? How long did you stay a smaller contractor? It doesn't sound like you were ever a small contractor. No, no, we were. T- it was just Neil and I at first, you know, and then even and a few sub trades, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I still have my trades, same trades. But since wow. then, wow, that's amazing. Same trade. That's some loyalty. So what's different both ends. about those guys compared to the guys today? So one one of my one of my sub trades is you know I, I would class him as a as a good friend, which is um, Vito from Columbia, Columbia Concrete and Drain. He's my age. Going to be I think he just turned sixty five. We still put the boots on, man. Wicked. We're, we're still in with the boys. I mean, that's I mean, lead by example. I, right. I mean, so I can't you, do you, what I... You're not one of those contractors that are sitting in their pickup yeah. truck with the volume on the speakerphone as loud as possible so the entire neighborhood could hear your no. conversation with the clients? <laughs> no. You're not one of those guys? No. Uh, okay. I, st- <laughs> hey, I still carry it. I still carry my tool belt around. Nice. That's wicked. I love it. Try not to put it on, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's there. But when I do put it on, everybody yells at No, Jim, just put it back, please. We don't want you here. <laughs> there is a difference, man. There is a level of respect when they start seeing you actually get your hands dirty and you're on site and you start working. You're not afraid to work. I mean, they tell me to leave. Get out. We know how to do it better and faster right, or whatever. Right. But. You know, you're in the way. Get away. You're yes. an old man. Get out of the way. Right. <laughs> now, I have a curious question. Someone hires me. They're always hiring me for 
my capabilities or what I do. Right. So now that you've got all these guys working for you, are they doing it your way or are you just working with them as a team and accepting the things that they do and then... Okay, well, I'm not the guy that thinks I can do everything. I'm not great at everything. When I look at my guys, and we'll just take, say, the finishing carpenters, they're far better than I would ever be. I may have some ideas the way I want it done, but they're going to tell me the best way to do it. I will agree with the expert. I never claimed to be an expert at everything. I'm good at detail, I'm good at putting stuff together. I, you know, I mean, a vision for me is easy. I can visualize what I want. My guys have been with me long enough that they don't even, you know, if I, like I said, Darren, this is what I want, build me this wall. Okay, no problem. They've done it enough. They know what I like. Your expectations. Yeah. 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 And we're very picky. I mean, and, you know, Darren's been with me seven, 17, 18 years now, and um, he's a tough guy to work for if you're an apprentice because he's old school and he's a hammer. Yeah. Like he, his comment to them right at the beginning is, look, I'm not your friend between nice. seven and four 30. Nice. After that, we'll go have a beer. Well, you're coming to work to work and coming go to home work and to learn. Right. Yeah. And that's the problem. I think if, you know, you're saying you get taken some heat from the millennials if they would just sit back and watch and learn, maybe not watch, maybe help get involved, Absolutely. they will learn so much more. I've said it. I'll keep saying it. This business, if any young kid wants to get into it, they will make a shit load of money. It's here and it's only getting, we're running out of trades. What's the average age? Do, do, you the really, average, do you really believe that? 100%. 100%. Totally. Yeah. The average age of a, of a tradesman now is, I don't know, probably 58. Yeah. And they're still working too. And they're still working. I know a client, his, her, her dad uh, was a crane op and he's retired. He's 72, 73. He was called back in because they can't find any can't crane ops anybody. in the city. Yeah. And that's good money being a crane op. Oh, that's huge money. Huge money. I was working with uh, another crew and uh, these other guys were doing asphalt. So I, I grabbed the tool and I said, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to do some asphalt with these guys. And they just let me in there and I'm trying to figure out where I can fit in without not rubbing the wrong, the guys the wrong way. There's a guy 65 years old and he's running the boat. He doesn't have to say a word. I get in there and I'm trying to build up the asphalt. So it's like an inch higher than the existing before it gets to, he's like out of my way. <laughs> and I'm like, I love it, man. You, yeah. you don't get that anymore. Yeah. No, no, it's true. It's true. My guy, my stonemasons are all sixty. Wow. I know some younger guys, Irish guys. They're good. Irish guys are pretty usually usually it's in yeah. the blood. They're hard workers. Yeah. They're, it was I, like I know a lot of Irish concrete and and masons, and they're good workers. Plaster guys as well. So the, I know a lot of like younger guys. But yeah, you're right. They're not hungry, and they'll leave this ship for a dollar for another ship. Yeah. And they're not thinking long term. They're not thinking about building a relationship with somebody or partnering up with somebody. Everybody's right. selfish. I like my trades and, you know, they're not the cheapest guys. And they're not the most expensive guys. But less headaches for you. Well, less headaches, loyal. If there's a problem, you know, if there's a leak in the plumbing or something, you know, boom, Danny, come fix you it. You make a no phone problem. call, they come. They That's, come, right? Yeah, you take care of them. Yeah. yeah. 
we're, we're like we're off schedule. Everything's all about. We do this. We do this little thing in the middle. So uh, an I'm not OB... singing again, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. In the no, no. So it's uh, oh, somebody, wait, somebody's wait, wait, gonna wait. steal my tune and go make Billy. Wait, wait, wait. Let me. Let, I know where he's going with this. A building talk with Manny. No building code. <laughs> Sorry, building code. code with Manny. I want to know. Jim, oh, here since, we go. I don't know anything about the building since, code. Jim, you. I bet you know this. I totally bet you know this, man. So. <laughs> Because reality, um, <laughs> I need you to tell me two questions here. I need you to tell me. Wait, there was one question. It's supposed to be one question. I know, but it's, <laughs> it's kind of connected. They're, you know, they're connected. When was the Ontario Building Code first enacted? Holy Christ. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's a and, tough one. And man. when was the National Building Code in Canada first published? Don't know. I'll give you a hint with the Ontario one. 70s? You're good. It's one year after you actually started in this business, man. 74. 74 is when we first had an Ontario building code. The Canadian National Building Code was 1941. Wow. Eh? So from 41 to 74, they basically... So that makes... You know what? That makes perfect sense. Why is that? So when I was doing my stuff in the 70s, because if that started then, the building inspectors really weren't that... They were very loose. Loose. <laughs> I remember doing my house. It was probably 90, yeah, 92, 93. God love him. He's probably not with us now. Jimmy McGuire. He'd come in, I'd say, Jimmy, need a need my framing inspection. You know, I was just a young kid then. Young kid, 30-something. <laughs> <laughs> hungry, hungry. He'd come <laughs> to the door. Would not come in. He'd look around and go, yeah. <laughs> Call me for insulation, Jim. See ya. I'm out. <laughs> Don't you love That's, those inspectors? Oh, that was the best. That was the best. <laughs> There's still a couple that do that. <laughs> I know they do. So, do you know when they started enforcing? inspections no that would be last week's week. question <laughs> <laughs> oh that's pretty good no i really feel like they started around 2014 <laughs> really probably yeah. well before that there was no like, nobody was really coming around they didn't even yeah. know they couldn't even keep up with uh, the industry changing so fast and the materials coming but again the it's 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 hit and miss in who you get yes so some of these building inspectors are young they're book smart but that's they're it. not site smart they've never been on the site I mean, I, th I think that they should have to do at least a year on site. Totally. To understand yeah. a house. Practical. And understand yeah. and say, hey, look, this is why we can't do it this way. Can we do that with engineers? <laughs> oh, that's a whole other thing, man. I was going to ask you, Jim, what is your favorite trade? Like, which trade do you actually oh. are envious of? Because of the work that they can do, but not necessarily that you can do it. But I'm just curious on which one is your favorite, which was your least favorite, because I've got mine as well. But I'd, I would probably say um, finished carpenter. Finished carpentry, yeah. 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 And your least favorite? I can favorite? tell. Coffert, wainscoting everywhere. In yeah. the office here? And what, what do you not like? Which trade you're not a fan of? Um, Roofer? No, you know what? I mean, they get a bad rap, you know, up there in the sun all day. and. I wouldn't say that's the worst trade because, again, it's something you see. You need some, but you, it that has to be done job. well. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. Probably, you know, probably plumbing or... Plumbing, huh? Probably HVAC, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sheet metal guy. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe that's why I got out of it. <laughs> um, my, my, my worst one is definitely mutters because I just hate cheap mudding. 
yeah, a great guy that knows how to do that. They're rare to find, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's an art. And as you can do it the cheap way and yeah. fast, and it looks beautiful for yeah. two or three years. <laughs> yeah. Or you can do something that's a lifetime. Well, if people want to spend the extra money and just do like a stage five, we call it, just skim everything. Yeah. That's the way it should go. I call it the level six, the Croatian style. There we go. <laughs> Here we um, go. So since he's already asking favorites, what's your favorite tool? <laughs> I've got to ask. <laughs> I don't know. I think oh, this is a come crap. On. I I'm don't, waiting. I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say Bosch. I'm going to oh, say, I have, Oh, I have to pick a brand. Oh, brand. Yeah. Sorry. What, brand. No, but what really, but is, what tool, what tool? And you don't have to say healthy right away. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Everyone has its tool. Every Milwaukee for that's, you know, reciprocating song. What were your favorite for, just say framing and like basic construction. I think Bosch has a, amazing tools, but again, I you know I like Milwaukee. Who's sheet metal guy? Well, so back when we had <laughs> tools, <laughs> what was, would it have been? Uh, was a Metabo. Oh yeah, they're still Walter. Around. Walter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had that. There was, wasn't many. It wasn't much Bosch around. We we had a guest. We had Mike, who was a, a mason. And he had the best comment about DeWalt's. He loved using them to hang pictures. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to, I got to, I got to say, okay, when we were, when we were doing the show, DeWalt, um, well, they gave everybody tools. Um, so they gave us a few of their uh, framing saws and they were, remember the first ones? Yeah. They were plastic, right? Yeah. And I said, you sure you guys want to give us these things? I said, because um, we're going to go through a lot of them. No, 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 no. Just, you know, here. Sure enough, we would go through, I don't know, one a day. No. What? Oh, burn them out. No. Them. Yes. Yeah. Wow. They just couldn't keep up. up. Right. And, you know, the, like our guys would use the, the skill, right? Heavy as shit. And just throw it. Yeah, and you, you know. can use gravity with them. Right, right. And you say, how old's that thing? God, it's 20 years old, man. Exactly. That's still going. Yeah. It's so true. I still have mine. It's crazy. I put it on the wall, though. (laughs) (laughs) You hung it up with a DeWalt? Yeah. (laughs) I I won't lie. Um, DeWalt uh, really got me through my most important years. Uh, It was affordable. I loved the yellow. It did it for me, got me where I needed to get to. Do you know the whole story about the yellow? No. No. Tell us. You don't, eh? I don't so know. This, this is so, wicked. So the marketing <laughs> company did not want yellow for DeWalt tools. This is back in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. And the president, he said, I don't care what you want. I want it yellow. I don't care if you're the marketing company or not. We're doing it yellow. Best thing he ever did. Because that's all you know. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's the color. That's yeah, how you're it is. You're so right. Was, and they're the most visible on site yeah. out of all the colors. Yeah. I know every brand's got their color, but they're the most visible. Yeah. Doesn't make it right, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, you, oh. you know, we're, we're going to have to play the yin Where did that, over here. Where did that slogan I, come I, from? I, I, still, I still have the waltz, and I still use the Manny. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize that, what I just said. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to keep that one in there. Um, <laughs> that brings me back to, uh, okay, so you've been building houses, basically mostly houses for the last two decades, right? Yeah. How have they changed? 
in two decades. I mean, have you had a client yet that said, you know what, Jim, that's a really low price. Have you had that yet? Or they've all said, (laughs) Jim, what are you smoking, (laughs) man? Like, really, that's what it costs to build a house? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I've never had. Oh, geez, that's really cheap. Yeah. No. It costs to build a house, especially when it's custom. And, And like, what are your thoughts on custom, man? Well, custom's the way to go, but the reason the cost is so high, because of engineers. We over-engineer the house. To cover our asses. Their asses. Yeah. That's the reason why. When have you ever done... Okay, I've done this a few times. You're doing a renovation, you got the ridge, and you're going to tie in the new ridge with the old ridge. The old ridge is a one by six <laughs> with all the rafters going to it. The new one is a 16 inch LVL that triple, triple bolted oh. 24 on center. Really? You're so right. It's true. This house has been standing for a hundred years. It, it hasn't moved. Hasn't moved. Weather conditions this are changing. Is what I got. <laughs> it's insane. Then the cost goes dramatically up. Right. And it's, I just see it getting, Worse and worse. That's a really good point, you know? That really is a really good point. Everything's everything's over-engineered because everybody's afraid. All the engineers are afraid. So they over-engineer everything. I remember probably going back about 10 10 years, I think, I had met you at the Handyman Challenge. We finally got to talk. I didn't want to bother you. Everyone was always around you, picking at you, trying to ask questions. Oh, Jim, can I shake your hand and hug you and hold you? (laughs) Well, where was Mike in this? They they should have been jumping all over him, man. You guys were were all getting uh, crazy attention. And, you know, working for Mike, I I realized the personal space is so important for you guys. I mean, you guys are so cool with, you know, saying hi and saying thank you for, you know, know, enjoying my, my show or me or whatever else. And you and me got into a talk, and I think I might have got you on a bad day. And, and I and I and I asked you. I said we started talking about renovations, and I told you I said I like renovating old houses, and you were like, "That's stupid. You gotta just knock them down." <laughs> <laughs> and and then someone took your time away, and I was like, "That's it. <laughs> That's, That's all my- I get." <laughs> We just got into it. Yeah, I was probably have going through a <laughs> shitty renovation. Exactly, that's probably the reason why. But it's true though. Just, we're doing we're doing one right now. How should it come down? Just fucking bring should it, it down. come down. So let's talk about that. Is it smarter to knock it down, or is it just about the people not having a place to live? What what? When do you and when do you not I, I do that? Refuse to let anybody. Well, first of all, if if there's a renovation going on and somebody wants to live in it. I'm out. I'm not the guy. It's know? not right, man. No. If you want to, if you want to, you know, disaster rate happen or whatever, whatever that slogan is, you're gonna end up in a fight for sure. Guaranteed. You can't move fast enough. You no. can't work fast enough. No. You can't get shit done fast no. enough. Is it the micromanaging? Is and this is not a movie. It's not Money Pit. It's not as funny and glamorous as you <laughs> right. think it I mean, is. No, it's I'm gonna just, watch it's that. Just by they the way have now. to come home. Like you know, I mean, I've said to clients before. I say, look, you're, you want to do this renovation. Great. Okay. You're going to live here. Okay, look, I'm going to tell you how it's all going to go. First day I'm going to show up, there's going to be coffee and donuts for me. And this is going to last for about two <laughs> weeks. And after that... It's so true. Then after that, so the I donuts... I don't even know if there'll be donuts. There'll probably be hard donuts at this point. <laughs> right? Then there'll be no coffee. 
<laughs> and then about, I call it the three month, whatever. Okay. I said, then I'm going to walk in and we're into this in three months for three months now. And I said, then I'm going to get the stare from you. Basically saying, you son of a... <laughs> but I did tell you. I told you. This is how it's going to work. If you are not ready and being realistic about this renovation, we will not ever finish this on a good note. So move out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't want to because then they're just incurring more costs with a rental. or But it's incurring more costs, <laughs> sure, in a rental, but it's going to cost a lot more in time yeah, trying to do it. That's what they and so, aggravation. Come on. Why wouldn't they and, and this goes back to the construction industry, why wouldn't you listen to the professional who's done it before? It wasn't your first canoe trip. They all know better. Why do they all know better? Because of the because web. They think they know because better. Because of TV, because of magazines, because of everything, all their friends, everybody And true. Because of TV. Well there's no TV back when I started. Black and white. Black and white. <laughs> no, no, but I mean there was nothing on TV. Yeah, no rental show shows. Kids, right. Here you go. You're at the drywall stage. You wake up in that shit. Yeah. You do this across the table. It's the film of dust. You go to work in that. You come home. It hasn't changed. It's the same. You go to you go to work. Come back. Go to work. Come back. It's the same. Does not change for months and months and months. And then even when you're finished, that film just doesn't seem to go away for another couple of weeks, right? You can't get up and. Well, and, but stuff. you're also saying something really important. They don't want to see a bill of $5,000, just say $1,500 or $5,000 to have a guy cleaning every single day before you get home. Right. Like who's going to pay that, for that? Put that into rent staying somewhere else. And I feel sorry for a lot of these younger guys that are getting in this business that, and we all did it. When you're starting out, you, you chase, you chase, you get a job, you do anything to get the job so you can get some money coming in. Yeah. And you'll do anything. Yeah, okay, stay in the house. I don't care. I'll work. I'll live. I'll work here. I'll work here. I'll do it. I'll renovate your house. And you do it. But in time, you will learn, right? I mean, now I just, no thanks. I'm not going to do it, right? For my own sanity and your own, like. It's the client's sanity and your yeah, sanity and right. your sanity of your guys and the crew and everybody's involved. It doesn't, you're working around furniture, you're doing this. It's just, doesn't work. It's a safety risk. It's a, it's a nightmare, mental. It, it's just, yeah, it's not smart, man. Trust me, I've never, no way. I've always said get out. Yeah, and you always uh, shut people's cameras off also. What are you talking about? When they have their hidden little cameras watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the latest craze. You know about that. You probably are dealing with that. Come on. Clients put cameras on sites. Really? You don't know about this? No. Well, I'd be watch careful. Out. Watch out because they, it's. It can work for the uh, for your benefit. Like you can go up to the microphone and the camera and just say, "This guy is amazing." I I'm sure that they'll bring him. in. I'm sure that they'll bring in body experts but explaining we have, we, all their we technique. Were, we were recorded once and didn't know. It's their home, their dwelling. They can do whatever you want. Yeah. You are legally not allowed without their permission to record, but they can record. Yeah. That's a dangerous, slippery slope, right? Well, we brought that up because they, after the three-hour walkthrough, they. He said, by the way, this is recorded. And go, really? You're allowed to do that? Yep, it's my house. I can do what I want. So, wow. that, which is fine. I mean, we didn't say anything. That was, yeah. But you start thinking in the back of your head, what did we say? Or how do we say it? Or how is it going to be perceived? Yeah. And I'm like, listen, man, me calling you an asshole meant I called you an asshole. Like, right. it, it's just, yeah. 
We're the only ones that get that. I don't want to get into that topic, though. Um, I, I am interested in a few things. <laughs> yeah, you like that, eh? I'm interested in a few things, okay? Uh, when, So for a contractor going from, like, small jobs, say bathroom jobs or a basement job, you know, the, t- the average basic contractor getting into building houses, did the marketing of you having your own show change your business or was it something else that changed your business? Like what good really question, made good the, question, the turnover? I've been asked this before. I had already kind of established myself at that point. You had a brand. You already built a brand. Yeah. So like I said, we were like during the nineties, we were, we, we were doing really well in Leaside. It seems like once we did one there, it was just a snowball. And then we, we were in Leaside for about a year and a half, two years, just doing stuff. And then, you know, the Long and McQuaid's and then I, you know, you know, I live out here in, uh, in the West End and then it started to, you know, everybody got to know me out here. It didn't matter for you, I guess. It really didn't. That was my attitude when I, anybody that asked me, said, you know, what do you think about the show? I said, look, show's number two. My business is number one. If the show gets in the way, I'm out. I have never looked at the show as my main focus. It was, it was more of an anchor. <laughs> well, at times. I, I mean, at the, you know, at the time it was, okay, well, this is kind of cool. This would be, you know, there's really nothing on that shows this. So why not? The marketing thing did go through my head. Yeah, okay, this will probably help. But it also can work against you. I lost jobs because of the show. Wow. You know, you're a guy that just drives around on his motorcycle. You don't do shit. I said, okay. Well, yeah, they didn't realize that was called entertainment and the magic of television. Right. (laughs) I said, if I'm not allowed to, you know. Have a life. Have a life, then then you're not my client. So would you, Jim, would you do the show again? I would do a yeah, I would do a show again, but I would not. What? Just I would it. not bow down to what is going on right now. Uh, you know, we were asked a couple times to do some things, and I said, no, no, I'm not doing it. Oh, I think I saw a few things on the other second show that I was like, whoa, yeah. there's some drama class going on there. Uh, yeah. There's some, yeah, there's, I mean, everything is staged. It's, now, yeah, so. it's, it's funny that you said that, you know, your construction business is number one and then the show was number two. Earlier on when I started having conversations about how, getting a show or whatever, it was always tried to ingrain in me saying that production will always trump construction. And I just say, I can't accept that. I no. just, I won't agree to that. Right, and, and I don't know yeah. if, it, I mean, if you really watch how Real Renos was shot, because I said to the producer, I go, look, once you get in the way, the business and the build, I said, this, it's not going to work. And so that's what I mean. Literally, I got out of the truck, they mic'd me up, and I went. You could see that. You could see that they're always trying to catch up to you. Right. And, and I think that was the beauty of the show. Because that made it real. Yeah, you know, I even said, you know, I said to the, again, to the producer, I said, what do you care if, if a cameraman walks across our shot? Who cares? Obviously, they know we're shooting this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's, like, it's true. It's a reality show. Let it go. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not a production. And, and you're so right. Uh, I always felt that being a television, you know, at the lower level for myself, just being a glorified laborer. Um, <laughs> bullshit. But I, uh, but I got to watch people getting involved that had no construction background at all. No. 
and they were making calls on ridiculous things that I really believe that people like yourself, people are going to look up to you and do everything you say. And it's very important that you keep it real and, and true so that when we start doing renovations for people outside, like, you know, normal contractors working with, they don't get lost in that whole fantasy world of, Right. I mean, and there's so many, you know, I mean, I've talked to so many young guys. Oh, you know, I just wish I could do a show. And it's just, why? Why? You know? I don't think they know that Canadian television, there's no money. <laughs> First of all, one thing is you're going to get hired. So you're just another employee. You're not some star. And whatever you do with that status, that's up to you. But you're still going to have to build a construction. You, you were fortunate enough to already build a brand. A lot of these new guys just want to jump right into that stardom. Right. not have that background. You can see that. You can tell like how you just said that a lot of guys are just getting in front of the camera because they're pretty enough to look in front of the camera right. or they've got the voice or the persona for that, but well, they don't have the chops. I'm not going to go to the moon with Ryan Gosling because he did a movie about Neil Armstrong. I'm going to go to the moon with Neil Armstrong. Right. So yeah. that's why I don't believe any of the guys are currently on TV. You know, it's funny. I don't know if you agree, but <laughs> I don't know. But what are you going to say? <laughs> Some of the best artists with their hands and mind could not speak English or speak in front of a camera. People had to become the speaker for the contractor Mm -hmm. because some people are just like, I don't care about the camera. There's so many great, amazing guys out there that could show so many better things, you know, for sure. For sure. I mean, you got to get used to the whole camera thing too. I mean, had a little bit of camera experience before. I did all this. So. Oh, wait a minute. Are you talking about the Sunshine Boy modeling thing? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this would have been 80s? Uh, I was 20s. No, 70s. First time, first time Sunshine Boy? Wait a minute. First, there's, more, there's more than once? Twice. Twice. He's a two-time Sunshine Boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always runner-up. Never made the number one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for some listeners, because we do have listeners in the UK, this has got nothing to do with page three. No, no. <laughs> no, we're way of like page 50. Well, uh, I'm going to let you know a trade secret too. Uh, I, when I was 12, I used to deliver the Sunday sun route. Oh, did you? And I always, on my own route, when no one was looking, I would flip to the sunshine girl and go, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think every boy did that, yeah, man. For sure. For sure. It sounds like you're doing more work for customers than you are yourself. At one point, I remember you building your own houses and selling them. I did, but it wasn't probably one every three, four years. Why did you not continue building homes the way you wanted to build them? Did you find it more fun to do it for someone else? Is that... I love, you know, working for other, you know, for for clients and giving, building what they, you know, building their dream for them, right? And the process. And usually it can be fun, can be stressful but you know i mean i when i did my own houses i would either try out new trades on my house Mm. that's before i put them on a job site and i got to try different things on my own house so they were kind of like little guinea pigs i mean they turned out great i mean i won some awards for them so so what is your favorite style of house i know that you express it on the show more, you know, kind Cape of Cod. New, yeah, New England, New Cape England Cod. style. Yeah. The last house I built was more transitional, and that I just sold, which has got a mix of 
contemporary and yeah 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 what are the trends today what kind of like what are clients asking for these days this stuff here a lot of trim work a lot of paneling a lot of detail not not a lot you know some feature walls you know they're not looking for flat surfaces well, it depends. I mean, if you're going modern, then the, yeah, they, the contemporary they, it's ones. all clean, right? Yeah, yeah. So we tried to, I mean, if you look around, you can see the reveals around the doors. Yeah, we for tried sure. To, we saw that that happened. Tried to do a little bit. That's of, the commercial in you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is, yeah. So, but it's a nice mix. You're mixing it all together and yeah, it works. Yeah. So, I mean, this is also a place for our clients to come and then they can, you know, I say, look, you want a crazy ass ceiling in your dining room? Boom. Right. Uh, you want a feature wall? Boom. So what is Jim known for? This. Wainscoting. Yeah. The detail. Yeah. Yeah. Because you love Every trim. house that I've sold, it's been, wow. People see Cause, it. Cause, yeah. Because I, it. in my head, I want the wow factor as soon as you step through the front door. So either it's a feature wall like this that goes all the way up the stairs and, you know, kind of a coffered ceiling up top and you got the 20 foot ceiling in your foyer that's what the real estate agents know about me and that's how they usually sell it have clients changed all that much from yeah yeah they have eh? <laughs> no i'm just trying to I, I, because i i'm get, i'm gonna guess that well, they, our, our clients are younger they are getting younger getting younger obviously right i'm getting older they're getting younger of course that's how and it is, there's yeah. a lot of money that's being made in the younger you know the younger clients so um I find they want everything faster. No excuse if you're running late, later on the job, because it's they're used to everything at their fingertips. And, you know, it takes time to build something, right? So speaking of which, are they communicating with you guys just strictly on a digital platform? Or are they having site visits? I had one, we had one client that didn't come to the house probably for four months. And just communicated via what? I said, do you want to come and see this bike? No, I have no interest right now. Wow, that's a lot of trust. No, if it was trust or just didn't give a shit. You know, just going to go to the bank and make money. Wow. You know, then There's a male or a female client? The male. Interesting. We got to deal a lot of the egos, right? Yeah. There's a lot of egos in some of these clients. Because they make good money. They make really good money. There's a lesson that's been taught to me, like by the younger generation that I do respect how most clients don't respect us. They look at our industry as we're beneath them. How do you feel about that? I agree. In some cases, I think with our clientele now, I don't think it's that way anymore. I remember we actually had, it was on the show. And if you remember the show, this client was never on. He would not come on. He didn't want his family on. And we had the flood where the roof blew off or whatever. And then we ended up wrecking his kitchen. All the water came through and, and everything else. And we had to have the insurance company. It was like $25,000 damage done, right? It was on the show. The owner came. Cameras went off. And he looked at me and he goes, and Neil and I were almost in tears, right? We're going, oh, he just looked at me. He says, hey, how you doing? I go, I'm all right, I guess. Not great. He goes, quite the mess, eh? I said, yeah. Right. He goes, going to fix it? I said, 
Yeah, better than what it was. He goes, great, have a good day. Wow, that's amazing. And you know what he said to me when we were signing the contract? He goes, look, I don't give a shit how you do it. I have no interest in how you're going to do it. I want to know when it's going to be done and when you want to check. That's it. I said, done. And he says, and make sure you keep my wife happy. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know if I can do that part. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that up to Neil. <laughs> That's when the bass kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> don't you wish I'll find you know like that? I've done three houses for him since. Wow. Great That's guy. the way it is. Probably one of the best clients ever. Great, great guy. A couple questions for homeowners. What would you change about homeowners in the business of renovations? What would I change? You know what? I think they really need to do their homework, not only on the contractor or who, you know, who they're going to jump in bed with and you know, be with for a year or whatever the length of time is for the thing, but I think they need to do their homework of what it actually takes to do this, to do what we do. And a lot of them don't take the time. But where do they get that information? Well, can I, they get that information? That's a, yeah, that's a good question. Too. There's no website. Don't out tell there me that Google. Says, okay. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me Google. It. Oh, I hate <laughs> Google. It, I'm just trying to figure out where do they get their information from? What blogs and vlogs? Well, and, again, I think, you know, I guess that's where the referrals come in, you know, talk to past clients and, and listen, like if, if you're going to hire me, then obviously you trust me. So then trust, what I'm telling you. I'm not going to bullshit you. I'll be transparent about where the highs and the lows are going to come. I'm going to tell you, you're going to hate my guts at one time. And by the end of it, hopefully you will be happy. You'll pay us and you'll have a fantastic house, but this is what you're going to go through. And you know what? I mean, the clients we have right now are kind of like that. They're, they're listening. And I've been, and again, I've, you know, for one client, if this is the second, third house I've done for him, he just finished down in um, Lawrence Park, you know, seven, 7,500 square foot house. How do you guys market yourself? Is it, is it strictly all just word of mouth nowadays? But you gotten to the point where it's word of mouth that, okay, Jim and, uh, and Dan, they built us a house. It's beautiful. It's great. There's no issues. We loved it. There was ups and downs, but why? Yeah, yeah, why? for sure. I yeah. mean, well, I mean, I've been around for a, you know, a long time. So, I mean, I've, you know, got the name, I guess, or people know who I am. I mean, I still, I mean, I still put the, you know, I still go, go out and meet architects. Still, you know, go and do that. Say, Hey guys, I haven't talked to you for a while. What do you got? <laughs> you know, yeah, you got to pound the pavement. You got to, you got to still for keep it. You still do it, right? I can't, you know, I'm not, I can't email somebody like that. No one's ever going to, send you work by emailing them no you know maybe an email and say hey i'm gonna give you a shout in the next week hope you answer my unless call. you're bidding on a commercial let's, job right yeah let's yeah. have it let's have a chat let's go for lunch well, let's do the old way the old school way yeah face to face how can you tell what the person's like gotta read it in their eyes man i just read a, a book recently and there was a note in there which i really respected where he said forget the email man send them a letter Put a postage stamp on it. Right. Present yourself. Present your company. Present who you are. Send them a letter. 
yeah. that will get noticed over a hundred emails wow. that come through. And that's, I'm like, you know, that's a that great idea. is a great idea. More junk yeah. mail. No, man. People, <laughs> uh, what, what do you get in the mail? Bills. That's personal, man. That's personal. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it doesn't take that much longer to write an actual letter. Type it out, print it out, whatever, but no, sign you know, it. You know what? That's actually, I've had a couple customers give me letters at the end of the project, and I've, I've taken them home. And you know what? You're right. I, I've never forgotten those people. Out of all the jobs you do, those are the people that kind of stand out. You know it's what? Great They've point. taken the time to do it. It's passionate. It's, it's yeah. personal, yeah. How is your relationship with designers? Has it always been the same from the beginning to now? No, I mean, you know what? I mean, some we get along, some we don't. There's I mean, a stigma attached to designers. Well, you know what? I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't like to work with the designers that come in and kind of just, you know, want to take over the whole job and really don't give a shit how it's built. Just make sure you can do what I want. Well, it doesn't work that way. It's got to be built to stand. I feel the same way. Then there's others that respect what we do. And you know what? Then you're going to get the respect back. And we can work together. Well, we're, we're the ones making their dreams come true or right. the homeowner's dream come true through them and their right. vision, right? Yeah. I want uh, Carlito to bring up our second segment here. Okay. Oh, green book talk. <laughs> green book. <laughs> oh, Christ. Well, burn you, know, that thing. you know, you know what? It's, uh, <laughs> did you just say burn? <laughs> Uh, you know what's funny is that, that you mentioned this, and I thought it was ironic that you brought this up early on in this conversation, which is fantastic. Is it's almost like you read my mind. Are you Croatian? <laughs> Ukrainian. I think we're close. It's just abilities. over the psychic fence. abilities. <laughs> so um, I'll give us. I'll give the one today. It's uh, section twenty nine three a. Constructor failing to ensure cleanup or toilet facilities how much do you think it is what's the fine on that one huh so <laughs> to have a clean toilet no just to have a clean job site and oh. to have a, a toilet for his guys i'm gonna go 550 five, what'd you say 550 550 <laughs> <laughs> it's a new rapper oh. 550 Manny's, dollars Manny's Jim. now 550 <laughs> i'm gonna say a thousand uh, a well, thousand. You, you know what? How uh, much is it? Manny obviously knows these because he's been reading these every single day. Yeah. It is first offense is five fifty. So it, it would be a thousand for me. <laughs> <laughs> but how many times? Uh, it, I, I mean, you don't you, remember that one on the show? No. Oh, I remember that one. I remember it. I got the phone call in the car. Cameras are on in the car. Yeah, there I remember else. that. And then <laughs> about the roof, about the guys not being tied off. No, no, oh, no, no. Which one no, are you talking about? No, this was in the winter, and the guy, and the one of my guys called me up and said, "Look, they're shutting down the job." I said, "Why?" He goes, "Well, he wants a heater in the in the crapper." I said, "Heater in the crapper." I said, "What's next? A magazine rack? Like, what do we got to do?" <laughs> well, how many guys did you have on that site? There was there was two. Then you we, don't need it. No, are you sure about that? Yeah. It, well, we just had no. a snowstorm. It's a it's a so new he rule. was no. he was he was digging. So we had to we had to dig a path. So they shut us down for a few days, and then I phoned the super and their superintendent, and everything was fine. But I got nailed again after. Yeah, we weren't shooting the show at this time. We were on sabbatical. It was after our fifth season, and again got a phone call. 
should no, I should actually be shouldn't be telling you this, but I'll tell you anyway. <laughs> you realize that this is being recorded, right? No, I know. Man. I like all the dirty stuff. But it, but it's uh, but so anyways, I get the phone call again. Hey Jim, we're shut down over here. I go for what? We're a half an inch out with our temporary stairs. I said, but those those are standard stairs that we just take from site to site. Like it's now if we're a half an inch out. He goes, yeah. What do you mean on the rise? Yep. This is temporary stairs so that you just drag out of a new house. And he goes, and he wants hot water and a heated toilet facility. I go, what? I said, who is this guy? He says, well, the first thing he said, he goes, is this Carrick's job? You know, he said, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Jim's job. He goes, hmm. He's the guy that was bitching about putting heat in the shitter. So you were blacklisted. Yeah. I get him on the phone and I said, what's going on? He goes, I want you to put the toilet that has heat and running hot water. I said, dude, it's not even mandatory. Okay. But that's about $800 a month. It will cost me a thousand dollars to hook up the hydro for it. He goes, not my problem. I said, no, no, it is your problem. Because now I got to go to the client and say, now your crapper is going to cost you $8,000 for while we're here. And why are you doing this? Because, well, because it's you, because I want to. That's what he said. What I said, really? Okay. I said, the, the job site down the street and then the four other ones around the corner? Yep. No, they're fine. And they all had the same toilets that all of us have, right? So I phoned their supervisor. I said, hey, what's going on here? He says, let me talk to him. Nothing. This is a week. We're shut down for a week. Just so happens, I'm out for dinner. And these two ladies come up to me and go, oh, Jim, you know, I really like your show, you know, da 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 I said, oh, you know, great, thanks, you know. Off they go. So, anyways, go to the can, half an hour later, whatever. And I come out and I can see them looking into the dining room area and going, oh, we must have missed him. He's gone. And I said, no, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, oh, you know, great, Jim. You know, it's great meeting you. If I can ever help you, I would love to. I said, oh, okay. And she hand me her card. I look at her card and I go, really? <laughs> wow, have I got a story for you. <laughs> and she was the assistant minister, uh, deputy minister of labor, labor minister. Look at that. Sophie, lovely, lovely lady. And I told her the story and I said, look, you know what? If every other job site had that, you know, facility on it, I wouldn't have a problem doing it. But I said, it's clearly he's out to get me. She goes, okay, can you be down at my office on Monday? I said, sure, what time? This was on a Friday. She goes, yeah. I said, okay, great. Be down there at 10. I went down. She had my whole life spread out. How many times, you know, Wow. Ministry of Labor, you and then she goes, wow. you know what? She goes, and it was from like, Early, late 80s, maybe early 90s, right? 91 or something. She goes, you know what? You've been a pretty good 
pretty good guide through the whole thing. He says, you know, it's really, really nothing, nothing for you to worry about. And I said, well, what do I do about this? He goes, don't worry about it. It's done. You won't ever hear from him again. Wow. <laughs> you know what? That's a great, it's great to hear that. Cause some of well, these, you know what? Because it's just, and, mo- and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Sometimes we deserve to be straightened out. Yes. I will be the first one to admit when the show first started, I, when I watched it, I go, holy shit, we need to clean up our act. Hats off to Real Reynolds. It made us clean up our act. You know what? Most of these, you know, these uh, building inspectors or these uh, ministry inspectors are good guys. They're just doing their job and they're just trying to keep the guys safe. You know what? There was guys that weren't tied off, a couple of stucco guys, and you know they came out, and uh, he came out, and he says, "Where's your tie off?" Up while they're up on the scaffold, and we had just warned them the day before, guys, tie off, and they go, "Oh well, it's, it's in the trunk." I go, all right, three hundred fifty dollar fine for each of them, and then when I showed up, he goes, "Jim, I could give you." A, a $350 fine too. I said, but I warned him yesterday. He goes, okay, next time you warn him, just write it down and, you know, document it. You, you can't force them. Well, I guess I could. They just tell them to get off the site, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what? Most of these guys are pretty good. These inspectors, they should be working hand in hand with us. And you're right. They should be only catching the important things, structural potential fires but they can't make it personal no they can't no. you can't and, make and it you know personal. what like you can't reinvent that wheel there's a law put there and when you take it above your above and beyond for the wrong reasons like trying to put someone through mental harm or slowing someone's business down yeah that's just wrong it's wrong yeah it's just yeah. you know pretty- it's about being human right right we're all human. Let's treat each other as a human. But Some, going, back to, you know, going back to you know, the whole TV <laughs> thing, there you go. TV did not work. Yeah. For me. At that point. No. It painted a target. Yeah. Jim, these are all fabulous fucking stories. And I still got like a shitload <laughs> more questions, but I fucking love all this shit. It's great, right? We got to take a pause because I want to split this show into two parts. Okay, man. We got still more questions to ask you. Um, yeah, So I we got to get out of here. We, we got to get out of here. So, so Carlito, thank you, Jim, for now. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Get us out of here. Thank you very much, Jim, for all the stories, man. This has been great. We got more. We got another episode coming back with Jim Carrick, Carrick and Hall, and learning about construction, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. It's the 2020s. Wait, 1974. 416 CO, baby. 